0: To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. You're listening to Arrival Audio recorded live at Arrival Bangkok 2019 and distributed here by Tourpreneur. Traveler wants and expectations are changing faster than ever. This session, presented by Arrival CEO Douglas Quimby, features exclusive research from Arrival and its partners, and explores trends across Asian, U.S., and European travelers visiting Asia, and examines what experiences they want, how they plan and book, and what operators need to know to win them over.
1: Tour and activity and attraction operators have a really, I think... A really big challenge uh, because the marketplace that you are operating in is so diverse it's so complex this has been one of the themes we've had in a few sessions over the past day and a half right the the ambitions the interests the desires the expectations the behaviors of travelers from you know, New Zealand to Uh, to Japan and South Korea and South Asia and Southeast Asia. So incredibly different and diverse. And then you have all of these inbound travelers from the United States, from Europe, all behaving in very different ways. Then on top of this, we have this rising generation of younger millennials and the rising Gen Z and how they are interacting with our products, how we have to engage with them, is completely different. So I'm gonna spend the next 10 minutes or so talking in particular about that younger traveler and what is happening there and some of the themes that we should be thinking about. So for this research, we partnered with the WISE Travel Confederation. So if you're not familiar with WISE, they are the leading association serving the youth travel market. They do this enormous study looking at uh, more than 50,000 youth travelers Uh, around the world. We worked with them to look at their data specifically on uh, the tour activity and attraction segment and also to isolate all of those travelers who are traveling either within Asia so Asian intra or intra-Asian travel or international US European travelers coming into Asia. We're gonna have a look at a bit of how they behave and what are some of the interesting differences there. So first Who is the in-destination traveler, right? Does everyone do a tour or an activity or an attraction? Is this pretty universal across all of these different uh, kind of source markets? Uh, Or is this a very special traveler? Are they different? So this is a special traveler, but not necessarily a subset because what we see very clearly in all of our research is that pretty much everyone, every traveler, when they are taking a leisure trip, they are doing something. They are spending money on some tour, some activity, some attraction, or some type of event or experience. So here, there's a lot going on in this slide, so I'm just gonna take a minute. So this represents all travelers either traveling within Asia or traveling to Asia. So the different columns, that represents the source market or source region of the travelers. So we have Asian travelers traveling within Asia, Europeans traveling to Asia, North Americans traveling to Asia, or Oceania, uh, Australia, New Zealand. Now, there are some important differences here uh, to highlight. So this is based on last trip within the past, uh, within the past year. So you're going to see some pretty significant differences between that Asian traveler and all the other travelers. But keep in mind, The Asian travelers, they are taking more shorter trips, so the average trip duration is much less. That inbound traveler from North America or Europe, or as well from Australia, New Zealand, tends to be longer trips, so they're gonna just do more activities. So don't take away from this, Asian travelers do less stuff. In fact, uh, other research that we've seen indicates they actually do more. Uh, But this is just trip-based and on the region. Now, something else here, Uh, that I also uh, want to highlight is this is based on a single trip, and let's just look at that Asian traveler, so that blue bar there. So if you tally up all of the percentages from all of those columns, it's way over 100%. It's actually probably 300 or close to 400%. If you look at the inbound travelers from North America or Europe, it's going to be Six or seven hundred percent. So again, you remember the statistic that I shared with you at the beginning yesterday, the average number of activities per trip is between six and seven, it's closer to seven. So and this is a very clear indicator of the, uh, the extent to which travelers are engaging in all of these activities. Now, so what? Like that's, that's great, they do a lot of stuff, but you know, what does that mean for the operator? So I think there's one very fundamental takeaway from this, which is, you know, typically in our destinations, in our markets, if there's a tour operator down the street or if I'm an attraction or a museum and there's another activity down the street, I'm there my competition. You know, that's, I, we're all competing for the time of those travelers in market. But what's very clear here to me is that traveler who's going to go to the water park one day, they're going to go to the museum the next day or a food tour the day after, and there's certainly untapped opportunity within destinations and among operators and attractions to actually partner and share their customers and generate mutual benefit from that. So another big theme that we have been talking about over the last couple of days, what exactly do travelers want? Tours, attractions, experiences, what is going on here? Do travelers really wanna just go to a destination and hang out with uh, locals? Or do they want to experience those classic uh, attractions? So this is one of the things that we looked at in this study very closely. We wanna get a sense of, okay, how important are those classic attractions, visiting those icons, or connecting with locals and having local experiences? So we asked all of these younger travelers and what do we see? Not really huge differences. It's a little bit more pronounced, interestingly, among kind of European and North American travelers, you know, a little bit. But what we really see here is that while the classic attractions they're a bit more popular, really there are a lot of travelers who want to do both. So the fundamental takeaway from here is there is lots of demand for both, this is not an either or, this is not uh, doing a classic tour versus touring with a local, it's quite possible that those travelers are going to do the very same things on the same trip. So what should operators do? How do we think about this and how do we serve, especially if if you are uh, more of a classic uh, tour provider or an attraction? How do you tap into this? And we heard a little bit from uh, different operators over the last couple of days, such as Susan from Merlin Entertainments. So how can we kind of distill all of this into some general principles? So what we talk about, or the way I think of it is, especially if you're a classic operator or attraction, try to offer something insidery. So what does that mean? So there's three ways of, of thinking about this. So the first is, Kind of special access, so like a backstage pass. In other words, travelers don't just necessarily today want to see the thing and experience it, but maybe they want to see how it's done, right? So it's not just going to uh, an, an amazing restaurant or to someone's home and having a fantastic meal, but actually learning how they cook the food, learning the ingredients, going to the stores and how they collect it and how they choose one ingredient over another something else is like creating something special a special treat or something that's unique that on, they can only get from you and also something that is you know sensory that is physical that immerses the traveler in the experience it doesn't have to be culinary or or you know alcohol or anything like that it could be something physical like a takeaway or uh, or something that you smell or, or kind of touch. But travelers want to be immersed and connected within the experience. And the last piece, let me try. So, I don't know, how many football fans are there in the audience? Right? Probably a few. How many of you, have, like, you've, you're at a football match and there's a penalty kick coming up, right? Who wouldn't just like to have one go at that? Or maybe to be the goalie, right? So, I'm from the U.S. I think of it as like, you know, baseball, right? I, who wouldn't want to just be down and have one shot, you know, at bat? So travelers increasingly don't just want to be observers and be told about what's going on. They want to be immersed. They want to have, <clears throat> excuse me, a shot at cooking the thing, at doing the thing. We heard from Fritz yesterday about his experience in, in Buenos Aires doing the... Uh, doing the, the, uh, the tango class, I think the dance class, and how he was taken to a very special neighborhood where only locals would go when he got through the, the course and had a, a, a chance to do that, that dance. Really quite an extraordinary experience. Now, so we spend this time, however, talking about these special uh, local, you know, insidery experiences, but I do just want to keep in mind Lots of travelers still want the classic stuff. So the most popular stuff here is still tours and classic sites, landmarks, and attractions. And while we're talking a lot about traditional tour and attraction operators trying to become a little bit more experiential, you know, local, insidery, Just an interesting trend that I've observed. If you look at some of those peer-to-peer sites and look at Airbnb, increasingly they are creating tours and experiences that are actually tied very much to classic attractions. And I just pulled up the website from With Locals, which is a kind of locals, peer-to-peer site, and I was looking at their experiences in Bangkok. And the first one that comes up is uh, Bangkok's must-do highlights tour, but It's with a local. So it's those classic attractions, but it is doing them in a slightly different way. So just like the traditional industry is going after the local experience, you know, those new players are realizing, you know, they're travelers. They still wanna see the classic stuff. Anyone who's tried to go to the Royal Palace here over the last few days, you know exactly uh, what I'm talking about. Okay. So we've talked about the experience and what travelers want, I want to spend just a couple of minutes looking at the planning and booking process. How are travelers thinking about uh, these activities, what is their behavior around shopping and also around booking and what are some changes that we can expect. So here we are going to look at first, this is, this is all travelers uh, and we're, I wanted to compare flights and accommodations and tours. And we're looking at kind of the, the method. So is it kind of on their computer, on their phone, and it, is it in-person? And so you can just get a sense here in terms of online booking. Yeah, the tours sector is really a bit you know, behind in terms of online kind of booking. There's much more kind of offline or in-person booking. If we were to have attractions in here as well, we would see a similar dynamic or even more offline. Still lots of in-person Paper, uh, paper ticketing. Now let's look at this in a slightly different way. So here we're just looking at tours and we're gonna break this out by region. Okay? And we're gonna look at device. So computer, phone, and in-person. Right? So here you can see what this is I think the most interesting. So online is Broadly, it's, it's quite big, except look down at the bottom in person in Asia. And remember, this is younger travelers. So that younger generation of travelers, much more likely in Asia to be booking on their phone or on their computer, much less likely to be booking in person. Very clear indication of where our marketplace is headed. Now, so what does this mean? What are some of the key takeaways from this? So the first... Different travelers, different channels. And this is going to certainly be very clear for Asian travelers versus US and European travelers, especially those international inbound travelers. For them, it's a much bigger deal. It's a more complex purchase their markets they may not be as familiar with, you're gonna see a lot more offline and a much more kind of complex journey from planning to, to booking. Asian travelers increasingly, especially those younger travelers, much, much more likely to be booking on their phones. The second, we are going to see a lot more advanced bookings. You might, and I know this might be a little bit surprising because we've been hearing over the past couple of days, you know, it's last minute, last minute, last minute. But it's not quite last minute. We are going to see more advanced bookings, but not like you'd expect. I know everyone would love to have more advanced bookings two, three weeks out or even months out so you can do your capacity planning. But what's really going to happen, driven by mobile, is the real jump in advanced bookings is going to be within that very close-in window. So it's going to be a day before, two days before, really one to seven days in advance. This is where the major growth is going to be coming from in terms of that demand where those bookings are when they are going to be happening. So what? To do about this and there's some pretty obvious things. So the first Shorten your advanced purchase minimum as much as possible I know this is very challenging for certain types of operators if you're contracting with lots of vendors that may not want to be as flexible Uh, in their own cancellation policies, but this is very, uh, very important. As much as you can shorten that window, it's going to open you up to so much more demand. And the last piece, mobile, mobile, mobile. And in case I wasn't clear about that, I think mobile is really pretty important, not just that it's bookable, but all the ways in which your travelers are engaging and planning, whether it's through super apps, through search engine optimization, through advertising, it's always mobile first. Even now when we hear and we talk about startups and they're going to pitch to investors about the new product that they're developing, the new app that they're building, they are always pitching on mobile first. When we go to other travel conferences and there are startup competitions, if a startup gets up on stage and they start presenting from a desktop solution, they're going to automatically be flagged and kicked off the stage. Everything is mobile first. So this is just a, a, some highlights of the research that we do at Arrival. There's lots more at arrival.travel. Uh, a lot of this is available all for, uh, for free, so you can visit and have access to, to quite a bit. Thank you for...
0: We hope you enjoyed this session from Arrival, the only event dedicated to creators and sellers of tours, activities, and attractions. Head to arrivalevent.com to register for upcoming conferences around the globe. And for insights into the in-destination industry, head to arrival.travel.